LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every week. And Happy New Year. Thank you very much, Scott. Now, now what do people do in Brisbane to celebrate the New Year? Uh, you usually take the shirts off and get a sunburn. Is the uh, <laughs> tradition in Brisbane. That's what we do, yeah. Yes, kill cane, cane dads as well. They're coming out in droves at the moment. It sounds exciting. No fireworks. <laughs> no fireworks. No parties. Can't afford that Killing up there. Killing cane no. toads and Killing cane taking toads your no shirt off. off. Yeah, that's it. Well, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. And we're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes and see all the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. Stay to the end of the show and we'll give you our pick of the month. But for now, you've pressed play on episode number 39 of The One Thing, How to Break Down Your Community. All right, so that seems a little full metal jacket, that title, does it? How to break down. It's not that kind of breaking down. It's not dismantling your community. Uh, we're talking about how to understand your community, what it looks like, uh, what makes them tick, what questions they're asking, uh, what their values are, so that uh, we can connect with them uh, and we can connect them to Jesus. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're really privileged to have Mark McCrindle with us today. Uh, so, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott now, and Derek. Great to be with you. Now, Mark makes stats understandable. I was going to say make stats sexy, but um, but he's been developing infographics for years, and they've been really helpful just in getting a, a picture of the landscape in Australia, uh, both from a community perspective, but also just from a population and demographic uh, sense. It's a it's a great ministry that you have. Uh, and you've been doing a whole bunch of other things, though, delivering strategy advice to boards, working with schools, uh, influencing people. You're regularly on Sunrise uh, and other programs sharing stats. So it's really, uh, it's really great to have you on the show. Now, uh, we want to we get into the topic today. So can you help us, uh, help us out? When you're profiling a community, what, what are the key things that you're actually looking for and what questions are you asking? We're trying to if you like, take the pulse of a community, you know, what's the mind and the mood like of those around us? You know, if you like, what's the, what's the personality of this community? Um, and that can be done through the demographics as an initial point, the, the numbers, who comprises this community? What are the growth patterns? Where have they come from? What are the backgrounds and uh, uh, data around earning employment uh, levels of study? All of this gives a, a pretty good picture of a community. But then moving from that data through to some of the needs and values and expectations through behavioral um, approaches, you can look at what people are doing in a community and that starts to give you a bit of the heart, uh, not just the numbers of the community. So yeah, that's a bit of a, a snapshot of, of, of some of the key areas you might want to look into. So you've worked with a number of churches. What are the key questions that church leaders need to be asking as they're thinking through demographics, ethnographics in their area? It's trying to work out uh, from a population perspective who comprises this community, who are they? And, you know, there are great tools that we have in Australia to access that, like the Australian Bureau of Statistics mm. census data. 
which is all all very easy to access and, and does give that snapshot of a community or even a, a smaller geography, a, a sub-suburban level up to, you know, a whole state or, or national perspective, and it'll compare those. So, so you know, you've got some great ABS tools there. But um, uh, we we have a little, little model. We say, first, you've got to look at your community and gather some of that data, and then you want to uh, listen to the community. So that might be where you, you start to go out and actually not just look at the numbers, but ask the community their own opinions and a sense of values of things. And that can be done through little interviews. Uh, we call them mall intercept interviews. So it might be at a busy gathering place and just with a clipboard asking a few questions. It could be through focus groups. So invite people along, give them a little incentive for their time to cover their travel costs, put on some pizzas and have a chat and just ask them uh, what's going on. Sometimes it might be through door knocking. We, we've got to make sure when it's a listen approach, a research approach that is research, not evangelism. Evangelism is important, but uh, ethically, we don't want to mix research and then suddenly we're 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 turning that around to, to gospel work. So so if we're clear on the purpose and it is a listening exercise, that's going to be very useful. And then you want to, I guess, take the the looking that you've done from the data and the listening that you've done to the community, and then try to do some learning from all of that. What what are the patterns? What what is this? telling us about the community, what are the needs and how can we respond? So that's a, an approach that you know, would be applied to business or commercial terms and certainly um, can be applied in the church. Now, now you're, you're in the data all the time. You, know, you look at a, a, a spreadsheet or a, and, and you, see, you see the patterns, uh, you see them flow out. For, for a pastor or for someone in a church you know, leadership um, position, what what sort of trends are you looking for? Are you looking for just for the the big changes, or do even the little changes tell you know tell you something in the in the data? There's a couple of patterns that you want to look for. Firstly, that longitudinal pattern, that pattern over time. So again, you go to the quick stats area of the ABS, and no doubt you'll put up some links or or some tools for people to access that. But but uh, but that will show you what's been happening in a community or in a selected geography over the last five years. You go back further, previous census uh, periods, but you know they're every five years. So you can look at the trend lines of an area. But a second dimension is to compare this area now with other areas, uh, perhaps this area compared to the state average or compared to the national average or this area compared to the area next door. And that starts to show you the differences, the nuances of this place, uh, because this nation, it's one country and 25 million people, but very diverse, of course, across even suburb to suburb, big changes and differences. So so that'll give that that second dimension. And even, as I said, below the numbers, you want to try to find out what's happening because you know it's all very well to work out that there's 2.8 people per household, but that's going to be many different types of households. And so that can be done by, again, getting a, a bit more of a, a sample of, of what's happening in your area and, and understanding the attitudes behind all of that. So, so thinking into, say, renters in the local local area, that, that's a stat that you know comes up on quick stats all the time. What, what's below that? I can see that 24% of my people are renting their house. What, what, what does a pastor need to you know, then go down the next level to be thinking into. And a lot of this, you know, they it's sort of self-evident you can think that through, but there's data that'll, that'll validate it. So if the average renter in Australia stays 1.8 years per home. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got a lot of renters, that means that you know, if you haven't been out there in the last two years and connected with the community, half of the people don't even know the church exists. Mm. It's as simple as that. Uh, if a lot of owners, but with a mortgage, then we know they stay about eight years per home, a little bit longer if they're in 
separate homes, a little bit less if they're in units, but nonetheless, mortgage holders turn over about every eight years. And if they've paid off the mortgage, it's about 18 years. So so that sort of uh, perspective will give a bit of an insight. Even the types of housing, densification, uh, apartment living is going to have different uh, clientele, different mix of people than a suburban street with detached homes. There are those separate homes. You've got more people per home and you've got more families and young children. You f- find far fewer of those if it's a, a densified area and the vertical community, the apartment living, where it's more the, the singles, the young couples and the downsizing baby boomers. Things like level of education or income gives you the socioeconomic perspective. And that's going to then lead you to what are the ministries and the needs of this community? How can we serve them based on who they are? ancestry, cultural diversity, and language spoken at home is all available there on the census. And that'll show us, okay, what are the cultural groups we need to understand? Perhaps um, services and, and language there, perhaps uh, some of the needs if it's a more a newer migrant community versus an established one. And uh, and then through to uh, things like uh, the, the number of hours people are working per week, the sorts of work that they're doing, travel to work data will tell you whether it's, it's a dormitory type suburb where people live there, but then they travel to work and you never see them through the day versus a suburb where people live and work close to where they live. And that might give you opportunities for weekday and daytime opportunities. So all of that data paints a picture, gives us patterns and shows how we can best engage with our community. Yeah, that's good. Churches are so often caught up in the in the week to week, you know, just this, the Sunday comes around and they're thinking about that. They don't actually look forward and they don't look to the projections. Often where stats are brought out, at least in the election cycles, are you know the growth, the, the, the population project, projections, the, the future. Um, how can we use some of that data as a, you know, as a church to be ready for the change that is always happening in our community, but it will be happening in five years and, and mm. 10 years? How do we actually get in front of the Yeah, the I think that's so important. And you know, the, the data trend lines do paint this clear mm. trajectory. You know, the, the census data shows, wow, we've got a growing migrant group or look at the population increase. That means density increase. We're mm. moving from detached homes now to townhouses and apartments. You know, all of that is going to therefore change the, the, the feel and the dynamics of the community and therefore change the needs. So pastors can definitely look at those trend lines. Normally a trend line continues, you, you get a sense of it growing. And um, and so keep an eye on that. You'll see other trends, perhaps around things like the number of families or children in the area where it has been growing. Now it's slowing. Okay. So that tells us it's it's in a maturing cycle of, of, of young families. So maybe we need to look to youth ministries or maybe it's more um, midlife ministries that, that are going to suit the needs over the next decade ahead. Um, and and ju- each, each community is going to be different and, and the, the, the data will, will give us uh, those differences. We were doing some work for um, a group in Mount Wilson, part of the, of the Blue Mountains, a little suburb there. There's not a single student that lives in that suburb. <laughs> so if we're running youth groups or student ministries, it's just not going to work, you know, whereas near Katoomba, um, you know, around the corner is, is definitely a different vibe. So, so the, the data will really guide us in that regard and show us how we can, I was talking about some L's earlier, like, look at the community through the data and listen to the community through that qualitative research and learn from the community through piecing that together. And then you want to love the community through responding to ministries and needs that that will serve them and and, and lead the community, you know, show some real, I guess, strategic insight mm. into providing for that community and and, and bettering that, that, that area. That's great. Um, so not everyone's going to have your insight into numbers. Uh, yeah, there are places we can go to, to grab numbers. Scott, what have you got for us? A few places we can look at. So my top three must-have resources for you know thinking about this topic are well, firstly, markmcrindle.com. 
you'll you'll see a whole bunch of infographics. I find the map of Australia just regularly coming out helps think into the dem big demographic changes that are taking place. There's a great report, Faith and Belief in Australia, again with some excellent infographics, which is worthwhile um, uh, checking out as well. Uh, and then the final piece is the Australia Street piece, which um, I don't know how often you, you you update that, but but that again gives some insight into the single dwellings, the higher density, uh, the migration patterns that are happening across Australia. So check out those infographic resources. They're freely available and they paint a compelling picture to you uh, to your church. The next one is a uh, secular website, id.com.au. Uh, they've got some great demographic work that they do for councils. You may be able to find your suburb, so uh, I'd encourage you to check out that. And then the last one, it's another free website, ABS Quick Stats. You can put in your suburb location or your regional location and get a whole bunch of freely available data. And Mark just today has shown us another aspect of that website. If you click on the front page in the uh, population center, you'll actually see regional maps where you can find regional data on fastest growing suburbs and, and where changing changes happening in your in your state and in your local community as well. All right. We we thought what we do now is just take a bit of a uh, take some of the things we've spoken about and apply it to a context. We're sitting in Bella Vista at the moment, uh, Northwest Sydney, uh, where uh, Mark's offices are. We thought we'd we'd kick around some of the data uh, and extrapolate from that about what Bella Vista is like. What what decisions and uh, um, conclusions church leaders people would come to if they were living in this area. Mark, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what uh, Bella Vista is like? What are some of the key things that you've seen and you've noticed here? Sure. Well, the first step, if I was a church planner here, is exactly as Scott said, you know, go to abs.gov.au, you know, click on the census button, type in whatever ever area you want, in this case, Bella Vista, and it'll you know, pop up as a pre-selected thing. You click on that, and then it will give you the quick stats rundown. And it will show you that um, it's got uh, more... Uh, younger people than than the average because than the national average because the families area and more retirees because people like to stay in an area like this here in northwest Sydney but uh, a missing twenty something block which tells mm. us that you know it's it, one of those suburbs on the outer ring of Sydney a fair way from the CBD and and some of the the, the vibe uh, that that you know, young professionals look for and so they're they're leaving a suburb like this and, and moving closer to town and that that profile you see. Uh, across a lot of the the leafy outer ring suburbs, you know, right around our capitals, it'll show that there's a, you know average earnings and and household income is above the national average, and therefore uh, you know there's there's some money that they have invested in homes, and a visual look at the area shows these larger homes more likely at high school to go to independent schools than the national average, um, and so you know valuing education, the, the whole. Uh, profile of the of the um, cultural diversity highlights this area has been changing, like a lot of areas across Sydney and and, and beyond, uh, in terms of a lot more arrivals from Asia, not Europe. Mm. Uh, the UK is now the fourth country on the list of those born uh, overseas that, that live locally. Uh, India is is the number one by a long way, and then China. You've got Philippines in in the list there as well, and so. So uh, a lot more diverse from a language and a cultural perspective um, and, um, and changes in terms of the types of jobs, the types of education, a, a big priority on education, not only through the migration mix, but uh, an area like this has always had that focus. So what are the implications of that for how a church connects and then messages themselves? Well, chances are a church, if they've been established for a while, have traditional ministries and reaching to a traditional Anglo, you know, middle class uh, community, and yet the area is changing. And so you've got aspirational 
uh, migrants moving here where you know education is key but where a Christian background is is not part of their their worldview or experience and so it's almost pre-christian rather than mm. post-christian mm. Uh, as as the the area changes um, it's getting more densification and so uh, connecting with those who are living in apartment living not just deta- detached homes working out how to connect with them and it's mm. not going to be able to knock on their doors because it's security apartments it's connecting with them in the shops and the and the public spaces of of their world and in an area like this, which has a business park as part of it, you want to connect through workplace ministries, not just suburban or street ministries. And all of that um, you know, comes from the data and so is going to lead to a different approach to, to a mainstream or alternate suburb. So it's interesting that the default of, of uh, pastors normally, if we're putting on, say, a second staff worker, might be to put on a staff worker who, who will connect with the people who are immediately in front of them. That is their church. But if what you're saying is true, that the largest population in this area may be Indian, I think that was what mm-hmm. we were looking at before, and it's growing, then the next person you put on may be someone who needs to connect with them. That's a strategic thinking that the data leads us to. Yeah, exactly that's right. Um, so in terms of uh, how it is that uh, churches can uh, use that data for mission and even uh, deal with uh, mccrindle.com.au where we get some of this information. Are there things that uh, that you would recommend churches do as next steps um, uh, for gathering that data, for grabbing that off you, or where can they go for that? Yeah, well, I mean, apart from you know that ABS data and that sort of thing, we're, we're putting together a resource freely accessible which just outlines those five L's that I was discussing and how you can use research methodologies across all of that. And if you like, you know, an easy-to-use little tool that'll have guides on how do you run a focus group and what are some in-depth interview questions look like and how do you even produce a survey that can be you know, distributed around the place. So so those resources uh, we're going to make available and uh, and hopefully that will be of use and, and no doubt through the links that you have, uh, we can we can put some other um, ideas and, um, and resources forward. That's brilliant. Well, that's great. That brings us to the end of the show. So Mark, what's the one thing people should be taking away when they think about breaking down their community? That the data is the mirror of our society. You know, it tells us about who we are. And, uh, and if we want to be effective in ministry, uh, we need to be relevant in terms of how we communicate. And that means we've got to understand our ever-changing community. Well, we, uh, we just want to thank you again, Mark. It's been really, uh, yeah, really, really uh, encouraging to hear and think Absolutely. into how you think into the stats. So that's been a real, a real uh, masterclass in understanding the data. So thank you again. Uh, Now, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. As you know, we're big fans of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. We'd like to introduce you to its latest member, a little show called The One Thing. Now, if you like what you heard today, we'd appreciate it if you took a moment just to share it with your friends, fire off a link to anyone, or maybe you could just rate the show on iTunes. Something like, who said Queenslanders didn't know anything about the church. <laughs> well, that backfired, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Uh. It did. Now, thanks for joining us uh, for another episode of The One Thing. In the next episode of The One Thing, we're going to pivot from trying to understand those in your community to try and understand those in your church. And so we've got Grant Borg uh, from a church plant in southwest Sydney talking to us about how to understand your church members. It's going to be gold. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Chat soon.